He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Mr. President Biden, thank you for your Christmas presents. Unemployment, inflation, supply-side shortages, crime, Iran developing the bomb, Taiwan, the China invading Taiwan, the, uh, all of those things are wonderful Christmas presents from President Biden. The Grinch. The Grinch. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Not you, Dick. You're not mean. No, you're not. So let me introduce my sidekick here, Doug, Douglas DePiro, Dougie you, DePiro. Your, si- your si- psychic? Sidekick. Oh, oh. And uh, he uh, is in charge of the music, and I'm in charge of the talk. And this is talk radio, you know. <laughs> Watch I, us. Yeah. <laughs> so... There is increasing evidence that the real solution to COVID is monoclonal antibodies. You never know that given Joe Biden. He would think the solution is vaccines, which it is, masks, which it's not, Mm. social distancing, which it's not, lockdowns and closures, which it's not. But monoclonal antibodies is the answer. Yep. And you'd never know it from government policy. In Florida, for example, there was there are 7,068 cases uh, of the virus, new cases, every day. And they have 3,100 doses of monoclonal antibodies. So do the math. And that's for one day. What about the rest of the week or the rest of the month? Mm-hmm. And we allocated $1.9 trillion uh, for the development of antiviral stuff, for the development of, uh, of masks and monoclonal antibodies and vaccines and the whole bit. So where is it? Uh, the answer is that nobody believed in monoclonal antibodies, and the reason they didn't was partisan, partisan politics. Donald Trump advocated it. And the knee-jerk reaction of the Democratic Party and the left was to put that down. In fact, they mocked it. Remember, he would come up with um, the oxychloroquine or whatever it was called, yeah, and, yeah. and everybody said, "Oh my God!" And they said, "You're going to you're trying to tell us to gargle with bleach or something." Yeah. But in fact, <clears throat> what he was pushing was monoclonal antibodies. That's how he recovered from COVID. That's how millions of people are recovering. Hundreds of thousands of people are recovering from COVID. And yet there's a shortage in it. They're not easy to make. Uh, you have to find the mouse <laughs> and uh, infect him with, uh, with the virus and then draw his blood after you've infected him so that you can get the antibodies in his blood. Then you have to process it for a while, run it through a lot of tests, and then it becomes an antibody you can inject into human beings. And it's a it's a lifesaver. What it does is it jumpstarts the creation of antibodies, which is how a body defends itself against any disease. 
and uh, it, it means that the body can develop its own antibodies, uh, and the attack of the virus is allayed, delayed, and ultimately overcome by these antibodies, these monoclonal antibodies that were injected from the mouse's blood. But given the fact that there's lead time and there's cost, we don't have much of it. Uh, we have vaccines coming out of our ears. We have enough face masks to cover every orifice from your scalp down to your toes. But we have no, uh, we do not have enough monoclonal antibodies. And it is absurd. It's a carryover of the partisan attacks on Trump for advocating that. Uh, it is It is really unbelievable that that's what we're doing. Now, increasingly, focus in Washington is on the vice president, uh, Kamala Harris. Part of that is that everybody knows Biden isn't going to run for, isn't going to be reelected or serve out a second term. I don't think he's going to run. I think he's going to be dumped by the Democratic Party. And that, of course, focuses attention on Kamala Harris. And uh, we're increasingly learning who Kamala is. And increasingly, we're coming to the conclusion that... She has a great laugh, right? A great cackle. It's a <laughs> oh, my God. A great cackle. And this woman's electoral history is nothing short of stirring. Uh, she dropped out of the presidential race before the first primary was held right. or the first caucus. And when she dropped out, she had 4% support. And on the strength of that, plus her gender, plus her color, uh, she became vice president. That's amazing. And uh, this is the person we're expecting to uh, run the country if Biden leaves. And uh, Biden really, to be fair to her, mousetrapped her. Uh, they, the, his staff helpfully suggested that she first problem she focus on be illegal immigration. And illegal immigration was a problem that was caused by her boss, Joe Biden. Hmm. Uh, Trump had ended it completely. There was no illegal immigration. And now two million illegal immigrants are coming in this last year, 2021. Whereas in the Trump administration, it was, was a, a tiny fraction of that. It's unbelievable. So we're dealing here now with, with a very, very serious issue of illegal immigration. And they've dumped it in the vice president's lap. And as soon as it dumped in her lap, she stood up and has no more lap. <laughs> but unfortunately, she didn't go to the border. And she instead toured South, Central America. She went to that border. <laughs> right. Under the theory that we can uh, save ourselves from illegal immigration if we eliminate the root causes of illegal immigration, Shit. which is to say we make everybody rich and we eliminate <laughs> poverty. And uh, that, I think, that she said would deal with that. And uh, it's ridiculous for her to, to, to do that and to take that view. But the point is that she has totally abdicated any real role, any substantive role <clears throat> at all. Nobody takes her seriously. Nobody listens to what she says. Uh, and uh, and it's very clear that she is simply way, way, way over underqualified for this job. Biden's favorability rating is about... 36 to 41 percent, depending on who you talk to, what polling firm. Kamala's is about 26 to 30 percent, depending on who you talk to. 
<coughs> and this is the woman who could well become president. Let's go to Jay in Long Island. Hey, Jay. All right, Mr. Morris. Want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. You Merry too, Christmas. Right. And, um, well, let's face it. We've been talking about this illegal immigration and stuff. But really, I believe, and I know the fight was really like 25 years ago. And anybody who fought that fight or mentioned or brought it up was called all kinds of names. Everything in the book they were called, or oh, you're this or that, yeah. you're anti this. You're referring to the amnesty under Reagan. Right. They Well, the, the amnesty with Reagan is a little different. I'm talking about after that in the 90s when yeah. they really, people really started but bringing it I thought it you had up. a question about antiviral drugs. Well, I do have some about that, too, because I'm going to link it together. Yeah. So, um, I just want to let people know, 25 years ago, anybody was fighting illegal immigration. Yeah, we know that. But go on, Jay. every name in the book. Now, today, and even if you go back to the 65 Immigration Act. I like to Jay, antiviral it. drugs, Jay? Yeah, well, yeah, we got to want to ask about that. Well, we got to publicize them all. Let the people yeah. know about. That's why I'm talking know. about it. You are talking about it, but with this, uh, the audience is limited. If you yeah. compare it to 350 million people, Biden gave the whole speech national TV and never once mentioned the cure of this disease. There is a cure out there. It's all over the place, and nobody mentions it. And then they also don't talk about the fundamental fact about Omicron, which is that it basically is not a killer. Sometimes you go to the hospital for it, uh, but it generally are relatively mild symptoms. And this is the virus that the Lord sent to beat the virus and protect the human race. And this virus is doing what neither Pfizer nor Biden nor Moderna were able to do, which is to stop this virus from killing people. Uh, There are only a handful of deaths. And yet they proceed with all of these incredible restrictions and, and incredible limits. Scare tactics. Scare tactics, that's right. So it occurred to me that we're really dealing with the same phenomenon in how we fight COVID uh, and in how we deal with climate change and global warming. In both cases, a very rigid doctrinaire science-based view that is far from a consensus, simply a theory articulated by many people and opposed by many people, becomes not only the basis of our policy, but the basis of our requirements and our mandates and our orders. And it comes to dominate our policy completely. We know that people should be vaccinated, but we also know that there are cures for uh, for this disease, the monoclonal antibodies, and we also know that the that the that the mutants of the disease is less deadly than the original Delta variety and the Wuhan variety was. And yet, there's no change in our policy. We're throwing people out of work. We're almost criminalizing them uh, if they don't take the vaccine against a disease that has become certainly not lethal. Uh, so, I mean, what are you going to do? Force people? to quit their jobs if they don't get a flu shot, well, many more people are going to die of flu than the Omicron virus. Uh, and and yet, yet our policies are so rigid. And on climate change, the same deal, which is even though evidence is coming in that indicates that it was way overblown, not nearly as injurious as people say, and that we've been reducing carbon emissions without draconian requirements, the policy never changes. And this goes back to something I was reading yesterday. 
uh, I took up again Friedrich Hayek's famous book, The Road to Serfdom. And he says, that was written in 1946, and it's the classic statement of liberty as opposed to planning and socialism. And he makes the point that when specialists become involved, that's his word, specialists, they look at every problem with only one lens, only one aspect of the problem, the thing they know about, the thing they specialize in. They don't know anything about anything else, but they know everything about that. You know what they say about experts. Uh, they know more and more about less and less <laughs> until they know everything about nothing. <laughs> and that's the opposite of a generalist who knows less and less about more and more until he knows nothing about everything. <laughs> and and like the, the specialist who knows more and more about less and less till he knows everything about nothing mm. uh, is running our policy in these areas. He's deciding uh, where, who should open, who should close for COVID. He's deciding how we should generate electricity. He's deciding how to structure our entire economy around mitigating climate change, how to structure our entire world around how to reduce the COVID virus spread. Those two goals have become the only goals of the American government and of its police power and of its ability to force people to do stuff. And whenever that happens, you have really a form of tyranny because it's a, it's a tyranny based on specialization. Now, they say follow the science. Yeah, okay, we'll follow the science, but there's other science too, not even just contradicting that science, but other fields. I mean, what, why don't we talk about other questions and other issues which may be counterindicated? Um, you may say, for example, that it's very, very important that people uh, are not congregating, not in parties, not associating with everybody that hasn't had the vaccine. Okay, but now tell me about drug overdoses for kids. And now tell me about the increased alcoholism. Tell me about the increased rates of divorce. Uh, tell me about the breakdown in human relationships. Those are all the unintended consequences of the policy developed to deal with COVID. Okay, you tell me that we got to reduce carbon emissions. Well, all right, we are. But if that's the only thing in the world we're focusing on, tell me about the dependence on solar when the sun isn't shining. Tell me about the dependence on wind turbines when the wind isn't blowing. Uh, tell me about the uh, dislocation of the entire region of the country in Appalachia dependent on coal. When you can have clean coal, you can bury the carbon dioxide, but that's not part of the agenda of the specialists. Mm. And tell me about America dwarfing terrorists in the world by uh, by producing a lot of oil um, and, and really solving the terror problem by impoverishing them. Uh, tell me about the dependence on China to get rare earth minerals to produce all these solar batteries. These are all other consequences, but they're not my specialty. They're not my area of specialization. There used to be a song by a guy named... Um, Van Meter, uh, where he mimicked uh, a German accent, and he talked about Werner von Braun, <laughs> who developed the missile program for Germany uh, during the war. And he said, where the rocket goes up, I don't know where it comes down. <laughs> that's not my department, says Werner von Braun. <laughs> so that's he does not a good my... German accent, doesn't he? 
that's not my department. <laughs> and that's the way a specialist deals with it and the tyranny of specialization, yeah, whether about COVID or about climate change, is evident here. So um, it's a fascinating insight into the extent to which these two theories – which are parts of science, but not the whole story, have taken over all of our thinking. There is a very interesting phenomenon of people quitting their jobs. There are now 4.4 million people who, are, who quit their jobs every month. That's about 3% of the labor force. So over the course of a year, if, if nobody were to quit their job twice, uh, you would have almost – uh, one out of almost one out of every five workers quitting their jobs over a six month period. Over a year period, it would be more like forty uh, percent. And this is why are they quitting? Why are they walking out? Why don't they? Aren't they satisfied with their current jobs? Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. And shoving. I no more. No, Mr. Katsimatidis, this is not aimed at you. No. I like my job here and I enjoy doing it. You don't need to shove it. But other people take the job and shove it. Well, obviously the big reason is is wages, because wages inflation is driving increases in wages. It's forcing the wages up. you can't – if you sign a contract to work for the same amount next year, you have just been total putz. You have agreed to accept a at least a 10 percent cut in your pay every year, compounded every year. Uh, so what you do is you go to your boss and you say, yeah, I'll work for the same pay next year plus 10 percent and the next year plus 20 percent. And the inflation gets built into the prices, hmm. and you can't get rid of it uh, because people make rational decisions to do that. And then it sets up a competition for jobs, particularly in certain sectors of the economy. And the competition inevitably results in fewer hours, uh, more pay, and more fringe benefits, all of which create inflation. And the when Biden talks about controlling inflation by dealing with supply issues. He's just overlooking the fact that basically the cause of the inflation is the tight labor market and the uh, the way that's driving up prices and that that forces people to look for new jobs and forces employees, employers to raise the pay of those that they have. Now, what I was starting to talk about is also very important. It's one of the big trends that I think is going on in our politics. It used to be fundamentally true that if you were single, you were a Democrat. If you were married with no kids, you were 50-50. If you had kids, you were a Republican. And that trend has continued and really is now in full force. And one of the reasons that people with children are becoming Republican and becoming conservative is the mass of mandates and requirements and stupid policies the liberals are inflicting on our schools. We don't need no 
Thank you, Pink Floyd, yeah. for articulating the theme of the Youngkin campaign in Virginia. Uh, teacher, leave those kids alone. Uh, teach them, educate them, teach them substance, but do not force them to be vaccinated. Do not force them to read pornography. Mind control. Do not lecture them about different forms of sexual orientation. Do not talk to them about CRT and tell the whites that they got ahead by exploiting the blacks. Uh, do not uh, retard gifted kids and force them to not go into gifted kid programs because that results in segregation. Do not relax graduation requirements so that you can get a graduation from school even if you can't read the diploma, even if it's in English. And do not do any of that. Just shut up and teach. Mm. Uh, that's that great song by um, uh, the uh, the Fox News lady, uh, Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram, yeah. Shut up and shut sing. up and uh, sing. sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. And uh, I think that the that <clears throat> the teacher implementing social policy by brainwashing children. And reaching them at a very, very early age, a very innocent age, with stuff that they should not have to handle yet. Yeah, they should learn about sexual orientation, but not in the third grade. Uh, they should, as adults, consider the alternative critical race theory. It's a legitimate view with which I disagree, but it's out there. But you don't do it at the age of, of in the second grade. What does that do to a couple uh, that is going through a divorce, let's say, where a black man is divorcing a where, – where a white man is divorcing a black woman? Does that then tell the child of that marriage that your father is exploiting your mother and that your father got ahead by exploiting your mother? Does that inject an element of hostility and anger in a situation that's already fraught and already really threatens the stability of their upbringing and their marriage? Um, we need to let those kids alone. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. You notice I said earlier in the segment that if you're single, you're going to vote Democrat. If you're have if you're married with no children or live together with no children, you're going to be light half and half Democrat Republican. And if you are married with kids or cohabiting with kids, you're more likely to vote Republican. Well, one of the reasons that that is strengthening the Democratic Party and creating a steeper hill for us to climb 
is that the census now shows the number of unmarried people, people who aren't married and, frankly, don't intend to be married or partner, uh, has increased dramatically. In 1990, 67% of the people were married and 4% were living with a partner. Now, 53% are married. Uh, 53% are married, down 14 points. And the number that are either single or living with a partner has risen from 43% in 1990 to, I'm sorry, 33% in 1990 to 47, to 37%. Pardon me for butchering that. <laughs> the number of people who have, who are single, uh, or, or, or living with a partner. I'm sorry, do it simply. Number of people who are single has gone from 29% to 38%. 29 up to 38. And so that more and more people are alone. And that's causing a real dislocation in our society. It's causing a decrease in our population. And it's causing a an increased focus on the welfare programs that people who are alone depend on. The key fact is that not the, just the absence of company, but the absence of two incomes. And prices rose and employment opportunities dropped in the last few decades, but it was offset by women working and households becoming two-income two households. Now they are once again becoming single-income households without the other partner working. And that is causing increased poverty increased economic pressure, and making inflation even harder to cope with. All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? So we're becoming a different society. We're becoming a society of single, atomized people who are not associating, are not in society. And uh, it's leading, I think, to uh, an alienation in our society, a, uh, a separation, and really is very, very unhealthy. And it's very dangerous to see that. Now, the percentage of people who are cohabiting, living with someone they're not married to but romantically linked to that person, has gone from 4% in 1990 to 9% today while the number of people who are actually married has dropped from 67 to 53. So there are 14 points fewer people married, 5% more people shacking up, uh, and 9% more people remaining single and uh, not intending to get married. So it's an entirely new society that we're talking about, and that is driving down incomes. They call it the feminization of poverty which is that when a woman is married or living with a man, the two incomes gives them a great deal of money and a good deal to spend. But when they divorce, the woman is on her own, and the difference in incomes between men and women becomes apparent, and they, the woman becomes poor, certainly much poorer than the man. The divorce hurts both people economically, but it overwhelmingly hurts the woman more. So poverty becomes feminized, and that explains a huge portion of the gender gap, why women vote Democrat more than men, because they're poorer, 
They depend more on handouts from the government. Uh, Not the least is enforcement of child support laws so that they can get a fair shake from their ex-husband. And we can, we ex-husbands can get a shake down (laughs) in order to pay for that. And, uh, the, it transforms our society and it makes women far more likely, uh, to vote Democrat and to vote for the handouts. And, uh, that's a big part of the whole philosophy of the Democratic Party. We get it already that the Democrats are increasing their numbers because immigration is increasing. But we don't get that what's going on is that fewer and fewer people are getting married and that that is causing a tendency toward the Democratic mm-hmm. Party that probably is greater than the impact of immigration. Um, let's go to Justin in Brooklyn. Hey, Justin. Hi, Justin. Sorry. I said it wrong. I, my God, I got the name wrong. Justin? No. Judith, my favorite person, my favorite caller. How are you, Judith? Good to talk to you. Hi. Hi, Judith. Hi, I want I hi Doug. Hi 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 Dick. Hey. <laughs> Listen, I want to tell you something. You crack me up. You have a very interesting sense of humor. That whole speech with experts, I was on the floor. I was drinking, almost choked on my on my whatever I was drinking over there. That was meant to and be you know, serious. I wasn't kidding. That was, so, that was so. Even Doug, even Doug was cracking up. I heard it. You know, it reminds me of a story. And by the way, I'm calling something else, but it reminds me of a fast story with the experts. <laughs> it's a true story. My friend took her father to five different doctors, and each doctor was a different expert in a different field because she couldn't know, didn't know what's wrong with him. Every single doctor swore up and down, this is what he has. Whatever yeah. you were expert it's like, in. It's like explaining an elephant to a blind man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I was listening to you, and I'm responding to what you were saying. You're being too reasonable. Do you understand when it comes to education? You're kidding. These, these teachers, I mean, they don't care about education, like Randy Weingarten and her, and her ilk and whatever. Mm. We're now in this whole Marxist agenda that they have, and their education, unfortunately, is activism. Yep. That's what they're doing. And mind control. Yeah, so no, right. no rhyme or reason to it. Pardon? And you're also right about IRS agents. That's the other <laughs> class of people. They choose their occupation with the impact, with the goal of impacting young people and taking money from rich people. And uh, it's it's a it's a social motivation, not just an economic one. You're you're completely right. Well, thank you, Judith. Love talking to you. Thanks for email the other day. Merry Christmas. Merry yes. Christmas to you. Thank you, and Let's, Happy New Year. Take hey, care. Great. Well, you're going to call again before New Year's. I oh say. yeah, yeah. I'll be on once more, man. I mean, what is your phone service going to be cut off? They say he's serious. I say <laughs> delirious. <laughs> hey, let's go to David in L.A. Hi, David. Dick, I'd like to say that the degenerate trajectory of America is only going to continue to get worse as America transforms into the more of a George Soros type of thinking. And, of course, the schools, it's because of the schools. Everybody in their 20s and 30s now, I heard Charlie Kirk and Judge Janine last hour say, we're making progress. We need to rally around American values. But these kids have been conditioned. American values means racism. It means favor white billionaires. It means everything bad. And and it's so ingrained so deeply now that it's not going to change just because we want it to. But what happens when they get their first paycheck? And what happens when they think they're making, uh, you know, 
$500 a week, and it comes in and they find they're making 375 a week. And they say, what happened to the other 125 And they look at the other stub on the paycheck, and they see a certain amount is income tax, state income tax, city income tax, uh, FICA, uh, workers' compensation, unemployment insurance, and all that adds up to $125 a week that they thought they earned. Doesn't that provide an education? No, because the fundamental thing is the identity, you know, uh, multiple sexual gender identities. Uh, you had a lot. Uh, no, Dick, no. They're, they're just going to say it's because of Republicans that they're that they're the reason. It's always going to yeah. be blamed on Republicans. I don't think so. I think that I think they're coming to an education. And uh, I think that that is the long term answer to it. Uh, it's always true that in schools you're leftist and then you graduate and you get out into the real world and suddenly you look at your paycheck and it changes mm, yeah. your whole philosophy about that. Mm. At least that's what I believe. I believe that too. Now there's something else going on that's kind of interesting. Uh, people are watching television without looking at cable or satellite dish. They're still watching. It's unclear if total households using television has changed, but it must have changed uh, because they're not using cable or satellite. Only 34% of U.S. adults uh, under the age of 30 now get TV through cable or through the satellite, and that's down from 65% 10 years ago, from 65% to 30%. So among people under the age of 30, there has been a a half as many people, a, a cutting in half of the number of people who watch through cable or satellite. And I believe that that reflects a decrease in TV viewership. And I think that that is a very important phenomenon that we're missing. We know that the cable TV audience, where people get their news increasingly, is an older audience. Uh, but are young people getting any news or any information from any place? It's going to be very interesting. As more studies come out, I'll share them with you. But uh, but increasingly, they are cutting the cable. Now like a knife. And the bills feel much lighter when you cut your cable with a knife. Um, That's absolutely true. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. This guy keeps singing. Yeah. Well, I am stuck in the middle with you. That's true. I like being stuck with you guys. Um, Now, um, I'd like to read you two interesting quotes. The first is from my good friend Tucker Carlson. Not for long. Imagine how we would feel if Mexico and Canada became satellites of China. We wouldn't like that at all. In Russia's case, this is an existential question. And this is what that's what Tucker Carlson said on December 8th. Here's what Vladimir Putin said on December 22nd. What would the Americans think if China and Russia 
put missiles on their border um, as part of NATO. So they're doing the same thing. The, they both cite Canada and Mexico as examples of why it's okay for them to invade Ukraine because they feel so encircled and they feel so victimized by NATO's expansion, which is absurd. Come on. NATO is a defensive alliance. Its job is to make sure that if anybody's attacked, everybody rallies to that country's defense. It is not an offensive thing. And that's why, for example, they did not join us in invading Iraq, uh, because they said we're a defensive alliance. And Iraq didn't invade you, so we're not going to invade it. Other countries signed up on their own and joined the coalition, but a lot of countries that are in NATO, like France and Germany, refused to because NATO is a defensive alliance. Vlad, you've got nothing to fear from it. And uh, what he's trying to do is not protect Russia against being invaded or being threatened. He's trying to create a satellite out of the Ukraine again so that it becomes part of the Soviet Union. And the new thing is you don't make colonies, you get satellites, and that's what he's trying to do. So Tucker Carlson, uh, who used to be... uh, strongly pro-American in everything he's he's done. And I've always liked for that. Uh, Seems, 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 seems to be changing partners. Must you dance every dance with the same fortunate man you have done with him since the music began Won't you change partners and dance with me Must you dance quite so close With your lips touching his face Can't you see I'm longing to be in his place Won't you change partners and dance with <laughs> Yep, well, I wish that uh, Tucker Carlson did not change partners and I'm not convinced that he has but I appeal to him to please put the needs of the United States ahead of the needs of your friend Mr. Putin uh, and don't believe his garbage that uh, he's being threatened by the United States, that the big, hungry, aggressive, imperialistic United States is plotting to take over Russia. And the way it's going to do that is to put missiles in the Ukraine. You can't possibly believe that guy. You're far too smart and far too patriotic to buy that that garbage. Um, we talked about antibody treatments earlier in the show. And there's silence coming from the Biden administration on the cure for uh, the virus. There is a cure, monoclonal antibodies. Those are basically the antibodies that stop the virus from taking over. The way a virus infects you is it has spikes on it, and the spikes penetrate the membrane of a cell like a hypodermic needle penetrates your skin. And then just like the needle injects the contents into your body, The virus injects its DNA into the cell, takes over the cell, and the cell then becomes like what Putin wants Ukraine to be, a satellite that does his bidding. And how's that for mixing up the segments? (laughs) And, uh, the, and, and what we need to do 
is to promote the development of monoclonal antibodies. You do that in mice and then you transfer it to humans and it takes a while and it takes a little bit of money. So for God's sake, get cracking, start it, get moving on that. Uh, we have got to do that. We just voted $1.9 trillion to you folks to do stuff like this. We'll get, get with the program. Let's go to Joe in New York City. Hey, Joe. Hey, 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 Dick. Happy Hanukkah, happy, Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year. Let's hope to God with enough prayer and hard work. 2020 will, will not be the disaster that 2021 and 2020 was. Right. Courtesy of the creeps of uh, communist China, not the good Chinese people. Anyway, you, uh, I spoke to the screener, and he said you're talking about the, the uh, drugs, etc. And then now with the overdose you mentioned, with the fentanyl, remember... Fentanyl is coming in from Mexico. Who opened the border? Brainless Biden and Camila Harris as a refer to her. Isn't Christ. most of it made in China? South Shores, uh, Dick, is the uh, cocaine, hashish, heroin, and opiate prescription pain pill and fentanyl distribution centers, uh, Dick, of the world. Number two is the Bronx. Number three is New Jersey. Number four is any other state. And as an American Marine, I fought to protect this country. Thank you. And what's happening? Thank you. The for more your that America and the rest of the West and the free world distances itself and ridicules Judeo-Christian morality that America and the West were based upon, the worse it's going to get. But keep up the great work, Dick. Well, thank you, remember, and thanks for your Christmas wishes. Fifty percent help. Of the homeless men and women in America are American veterans, God help them, and 13,000 American veterans suicides every year, God forgive them. Let's bring an end to that in 2022 with God's grace. Well, God's grace will help a great deal, but uh, more housing would help more. And, uh, and with interest rates being at zero, I don't understand why there is a housing shortage. Uh, I don't get it. And we have Section 8 rent subsidies for millions of people around the country. Um, and maybe in a future call you could enlighten me as to why that's the problem, why that is not happening. I'm really not saying that rhetorically. I really want to learn from you. Let's go to Fred in Yonkers. Hey, Fred. Yonkers, Y-O. Yeah, this is your stomping ground. My right? stomping ground. Yeah. Go ahead. Fred? Fred, you're on. Well, he's the only person, the only guy in Yonkers that doesn't want to talk. Really? Yeah. Uh, Fred. Okay, let's go to Ralph in New Jersey. Hey, Ralph. Uh, thank, thank you, uh, Dick Morris, and happy holiday to the both of you happy and your uh, you friend too. there. Uh, you know, at this point in time, Kamala Harris and Joseph Biden is more than a joke. And as you know, the next year would be election year, so we need to hold in the ballot box our elected officials, the one that's not deserving. Ralph, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I have a comment about Joe Biden that comes to you from courtesy of Pink Floyd. Oh. Hello, is there anybody in there? <laughs> so true. Just not if you can hear me. Go ahead, Ralph. I didn't mean to interrupt. Okay, uh, we need to, you know, hold our elected official accountable in the ballot box, and those who don't deserve to be in public office, they need to be removed. Yep. And that is, in 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 essence, the path forward, the way forward to take our country back. Yep. 
Yep. You're right. You're right, Ralph. Thank you. Let's go to Will in the Bronx. Hey, Will. Rubbish, laddie. Rubbish, laddie. Kids in that uh, Pink Floyd video want to get paid after 40 years. They didn't get a dime out of Pink Floyd. Now they're demanding to be paid. They had some casting thing out there for those kids, right? Uh, let me just say something about the, uh, the illegals coming to country, whether they're coming here legal illegally. They are on welfare. They're taking Americans' jobs. Uh, sometimes the girlfriend will just put down she has no uh, no father on the birth certificate in New York, get welfare payments from the boyfriend's working off the books. Basically, they're, they're cleaning our clocks here. They've come in here. They've, uh, yeah. uh, and Biden has showered benefits on them. Yeah. Before Biden, they were not eligible for Medicaid. Now they are. Before Biden, they couldn't get stimulus payments. Now they can. Before Biden, they uh, they could they couldn't uh, get social security benefits. Now they can. Before Biden, they faced the risk of deportation. Now they don't. Before Biden, there was no path to citizenship. Now, for a great many of them, there is. You're absolutely right, Will. So in the beginning of the show, we talked about how Biden cannot mention the words monoclonal antibodies. That's probably because they haven't taught it to him yet. And he's numb and comfortably. He, he learned the word vaccine recently and, <laughs> and masks a little while ago. And that's all he knows. And it's kind of hard to teach that particular dog new tricks uh, and new words. But he just doesn't get it. Uh, can you imagine if we... We're talking about polio and nobody mentioned the sock vaccine. Or we were talking about uh, measles and chickenpox and nobody mentioned that there was a shot. Or we were talking about other diseases and nobody mentioned antibiotics. Wow, when there you are put cures it that way. for this wow. stuff. And we have a cure now for COVID, monoclonal antibodies. Not foolproof, but it's pretty damn good. And in terms of stopping deaths and really serious stuff, it's very good. The sh- we have a shortage of these antibodies because Joe Biden won't make them. Just crazy and outrageous. So thank you for watching. Have a nice Christmas. And Merry Christmas. Merry everyone. New Year coming up. But you know, I'll be on a week from today. Merry so Christmas. I'm Nick. not going to wish you a happy New Year till till I come on next. Bye-bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.